Oh, hi, you're listening to Service from Hell, a podcast featuring people that are currently in customer service positions or the lucky few that got out and all the good, bad, and infinitely irritating things that go along with that work. I'm actor and writer Kay Gaffney and I'm uniquely qualified to discuss this as I used to work at a very busy and very popular comedy club in Los Angeles. And at least one of you listening right now has probably grabbed me and told me you were ready to order when I was running around like a crazy person. So let's eat. This is another bonus episode because happy Labor Day, everybody. I hope you're with your families. I hope this podcast is droning on in the background and that my voice is bothering your neighbors. In honor of this day, we are doing a bonus episode to learn about Labor Day because this comedy podcast also likes to educate. You're so welcome. And I actually learned a lot about Labor Day in the last couple weeks, and I wanted to share with y'all. Also, because we have such a contentious labor market right now, I thought, well, why not teach us where that all comes from? And also, Labor Day was born out of a contentious labor market that included a lot of children making your crap. While started, you know, kids are making the crap that most of the crap that we wear, use and consume today because conditions haven't changed much in over 300 years. It's not happening on this soil in theory. Oh, I'm starting off strong and not at all sad. <laughs> okay. So, Labor Day, what the, what's the fucking point? Why do we have it? You'll notice in the show notes that I have included a lot of articles and I've linked out to them and you will be able to fact check them. You can't fact check me because I'm just quoting these articles because my research only goes down one level. Your research can go down multiple levels. And if it does, how do you have that kind of time? Okay, so I gathered a lot of very interesting factoids and actually stuff I didn't yet know from National Geographic, History.com, Britannica.com, NPR.org, CNN. I, I just a lot of various sources. I did not credit them individually as far as this fact came from this source because, again, who has that kind of time? But I did link to all of the articles in the show notes. And the articles are actually really interesting, although I'll be doing basically just a summar summarization. Is that? Oh, look at that word. I will be doing a summary of those articles in this podcast. So if you listen to this, you basically read them. That's how I got through college and high school folks. Sparks notes. All of the shortened, truncated versions of stuff. So I got the general gist because who has that kind of time? <laughs> okay. Labor Day, what's the fucking point? Well, per National Geographic, Labor Day is celebrated each year on the first Monday in September. And this holiday was born amidst, amidst the chaos and violence over oppressive working conditions. So by the late 19th century, the Industrial Revolution had made working life miserable for people around the world. What up? In many places, workers toiled for at least 12 hours a day, six days a week in, and get this, folks, mines, factories, railroads, mills, just, just garbage working conditions. And children, hey, were exploited as cheap laborers who were less likely to strike. So the child labor movement that started when we were just hiring babies to do stuff was because what child's going to mouth off about the fact that he hasn't been able to pee in 12 hours? I don't know many. Well, maybe the kids of today. God bless. <laughs> but yeah, so children didn't whine is essentially what this is saying. And children didn't organize. So hey, why not use their nimble little fingers to make us some jeans? Did they wear jeans in the 1800s? Probably not. That's not from this article. I'm just spewing off a bunch of stuff. <laughs> okay. Sweatshops locked workers, get this, in small crowded spaces and punished them for talking or singing as they worked. 
Can you imagine? I cannot get through walking a dog around the block without a podcast in my ears or music or something. Can you imagine a 12 hour day in a, in heat and not being able to speak to your neighbor or at least sing at them or something? I mean, my God, when I worked in an office, the amount of time I spent in my actual office was nowhere near as much time as I spent at the coffee machine or in someone else's office trying to get them not to do their job. So I don't think I would have survived the industrial revolution is what we are talking about. No, we're talking about Labor Day. Let me get focused. Here we go. I didn't know this either. Labor Day actually started in Canada 10 years before it made its way to the U.S. to demand a shorter work week because seven days a week just wasn't cutting it. Seven days a week, y'all. There's only seven days available in the week, which means you're working every single day. How'd you get your dry cleaning done? How did you get your horse serviced or whatever the hell? This is why uh, I'm about to go off on another tangent. Let me not. So in Canada, actually 10 years earlier, the labor movement started in April of 1872 when people were marching through the streets of Toronto to ask for a shorter work week because seven days a week sucked. And 10 years later, in, well, 10 years in some change, in September of 1882, New York City union leaders organized what's now considered the nation's first Labor Day parade. And it was uh, the parade was essentially a march slash strike is how I read it. Um, but the parade was meant to be really, you know, exciting and fun. And, and we'll get into that a little bit later. But anyway, so then in 1887, Oregon then became the first state to allow for Labor Day, a Labor Day holiday, followed the same year by a handful more states, including New York. So when New York did the parade in 1882, they didn't they still didn't have an official Labor Day holiday. It was just a Labor Day march. Can you imagine like you're getting off of work and from your 712th day in a row and you're 12 years old and all you want to do is believe that Santa Claus is real or that like being a child doesn't completely suck ass. And they're like, hey, instead of going home, how about a parade that ends in you going to bed and then three and a half minutes later having to get up and go back to work? Doesn't that sound great? Nope. Skipping that parade, even at 12 years old, because you all hope is lost. So uh, the reason that it's important to note that Oregon became the first state to adopt this actually as as an actual holiday is that it meant that you could potentially get the day off of work. And it is also worth acknowledging that at this point, the country had not yet established an official Labor Day. It was just, oh, Oregon's going to do it. And then New York did it, Massachusetts, Colorado. Like there were a handful of states that same year, which was 1887, that then followed suit and said, no, we're going to we're going to give you this this first Monday of September. After you've worked 725 days in a row, you get one day. You are already welcome. So, and yeah, I know Christmas and whatever. Shut up. In Washington, D.C., politicians sought to placate the labor movement. So there was a labor movement that was happening, not just in in terms of a parade, but strikes were happening. People weren't showing up to work because, you know, after enough days in a row, you're just like, what if I just don't go? And so at the time, federal legislation to designate Labor Day as a public holiday had been just kind of sitting on Congress's desk for about 10 months. And then U.S. Senator James Kyle from South Dakota uh, had introduced it in August of 1893. Nothing was happening. Nothing was happening. So then people were striking. So Senate quickly passed the bill on June 22nd of, I don't know, 10 months after 
August. This math isn't math. Oh, yeah, it is. So it would have been 1894. So the bill on June 22nd of 1894, the same day that the ARU joined the Pullman strike, the bill passed the House four days later and President Grover Cleveland signed it into law on June 28th, 1894. Now, the holiday was has been described as this consolation prize, essentially, at the time of this crisis of where people were striking and just not wanting to go to work. And so it was positioned that like, oh, look, you know, President Cleveland is such a ally for the workers. And it was like, well, he may he may have, you know, passed the bill or si- he may have signed the bill into law in 1894. But three days after he signed it, something like the three or four days after he signed the bill, He ordered federal troops to Chicago to end the boycott that was happening in that city over labor conditions. And so then the strikers began to riot. And on July 7th, the National Guard was flown or sent in and they fired into a mob and killed 30 plus people all under Grover Cleveland's watch. I'm assuming it's Grover Cleveland. Actually, there might be another Cleveland president and I'm not looking it up because I want you to understand my ignorance. And I think there was only one President Cleveland, but maybe there were six really good and stuff. Shockingly, folks, the holiday did not improve conditions for people that it sought to honor. So it turns out a parade didn't do it, which sucks. And it was little more than lip service from politicians. What? That feels crazy. So it took a lot of time. It took a lot of time before things started to actually matter. It was less about the fact that it was acknowledged as a national holiday. And it was more so about the unions that came together and were like, Here's the thing. We're not working seven days a week. We're not working longer than 12 hours a day. We are uh, allowed to get up and pee. We are going to have a water cooler with delicious water and also instant coffee is happening. I'm sure this was part of their, I don't know, pitch. And we are going to get to have salad for lunch. We're going to get to have lunch. I joke, but really in one of the articles I was reading, it was like, hey, do you like a 40-hour work week? Do you like vacation time? Do you like having sick days? All of that's part of this labor movement. And because of the protests and the march and the strikes and all of that, our working conditions are what they are now. And you can barely get me to get out of bed for, you know, two days of work a week. I mean, I can't. I remember what it was like doing the sevens. And that's, um, that's real rough. And I'm not looking forward to going back to that. But anyway, back to this effective, well, not really effective parade, but the parade itself. The Department of Labor, which was created after Labor Day, is important to note, already existed as a holiday, was the first department led by a woman. Frances Perkins, I want to shout her out because she helped the President Franklin, who was at the time, this was in 1911. She, she, so you're seeing how long these, these policies are taking to happen. So under Roosevelt, um, the changes in the labor policy after the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory fire in 1911, where 146 people died, probably because they were chained to their fucking factory desks or whatever the hell. And also, oh, the Labor Department is also the department that has had the most women secretaries. There were six in total. That's exciting. Those are just little factoids. But anyway, going back to this actual 
sort of parade situation. Per the Department of Labor's actual website, on the morning of September 5th, 1882, a crowd of spectators filled the sidewalks of Lower Manhattan near City Hall and along Broadway. They had come early, well before the Labor Day parade marchers, to claim the best vantage points from which to view the first Labor Day parade. A newspaper account of the day described it as, quote, men on horseback, men wearing regalia, men with society aprons, and men with flags, musical instruments, badges, and all other paraphernalia of a procession. Men, 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 men. So, oh yeah, at the time, I think it was mostly dudes working minus the secretaries that were listed for the department before that I mentioned. And so a lot of dudes got to have a dude type of celebration. And at noon, the marchers arrived at Reservoir Park, the termination point of the parade, while some returned to work. Sounds like a really good party, y'all. Most continued on at the post-parade party at Wendell's Elm Park at 92nd Street and 9th Avenue. Even some unions that had not participated in the parade showed up to join in the post-parade festivities that included speeches, a picnic, an abundance of cigars, and, quote, lager beer kegs mounted in every conceivable place, end quote. From 1 p.m. until 9 p.m. that night, nearly 25,000 union members and their families filled the park and celebrated the very first and almost entirely disastrous Labor Day. That's directly from the Department of Labor's website, so... And I just thought that was really funny that it was just, you know, some people had to go back to work and that there was beer everywhere. Can you imagine going to your company's Christmas party or holiday party, which I guess we can also thank not being a jackass here. I guess we can thank the Department of Labor for. Can you imagine going back from your Christmas party and just being wasty pants and trying to, you know, do an Excel spreadsheet? How useless is it when you have the what do they call it? The three martini lunch or whatever that that law firms are known for. How useless are you when you go back to your desk? Can you imagine after this parade and the spite beers you drank? You're like, here's the thing. There's kegs everywhere and I have to be back to work in 36 seconds. Watch me chug 42 beers in 36 seconds. I'm about to blow your mind. And then I'm going to have to piss and I'm not going to be able to because I'm going to be chained to my desk in my factory job, making the graphic tees of the 1800s. I don't know what those, I don't know what the equivalent of that is. Pantaloons. Is that a thing? Well, I'm going to knit you some pantaloons, but I'm going to have to pee the whole time. I wonder if they peed on the things they were making. None of this matters. Now, I want to end with this uh, as far as the fact section so that all of your boredom can rest. Um, This is from the National Geographic article. We were talking or I talked before about how it was basically lip service that it was like, oh, we have this parade and this day and yay. So as of 1894, a House Committee on Labor said on it to report on the legislation quote so long as the laboring man can feel that he holds an honorable as well as useful place in the body politic so long will he be a loyal and faithful citizen and it would take another 44 years for the u.s to set a minimum wage mandate a shorter work week and limit child labor with the hear me say this 1938 fair labor standards act 1938 y'all That's so we, you know, this conversation or the marches or the dialogue started in Canada in 1872, came down to the U.S. in 1882. Stuff got moving a handful of years after that. But the actual first thing that mattered wasn't until 1938. So in the 1900s, that's I I mean, it feels like it should have been longer than that. But no. And considering that it, the, the, fair, the Fair Labor Standards Act of 1938 
the industry, I guess, to shout out on this was the Cotton Textile Code. And it was the first of the like more complete codes because I guess this this act had some <laughs> shockingly vague language. And so it was the first one and the most important. It provided a 40-hour work week, set a minimum weekly wage of $13 in the North and 12 in the South, and abolished child labor. The president said this code made him, quote, happier than any other one thing since I have come to Washington. For the code abolished child labor in the textile industry. He added, after years of fruitless effort and discussion, this ancient atrocity went out in a day. And that was President Roosevelt, by the way, because... Things got moving under Roosevelt, I guess. So that was in 1938. So why do we celebrate Labor Day? Well, uh, because we can is the the short answer. Why does it matter? Because we get to have this freedom. And it is kind of interesting to be someone who sort of just blows past holidays and is like, yeah, whatever. Okay, it's another holiday. All right, it's another holiday. I was really curious with the significance if there would be any parallels to this time in our history and not at all surprisingly there were several and you know the turmoil and the unrest and the uh, I kept calling it the peasants revolt which I guess was offensive so we'll just call it the uh, laborers litigious I don't know nobody was suing I guess but I don't know we were just sitting out sitting out and sitting out and a lot of people were sitting out waiting for better conditions better pay and doing the thing that our you know predecessors did when they were not being treated fairly because without the laborers you don't have a business and so it is really interesting to see how significant this holiday actually is in 2021 in relation to you know 1882 1938 when things when kids were still making stuff and again in other countries they are still making stuff which is abhorrent and uh, to our international listeners yikes uh don't know what to say gonna gonna brush right past it but labor day i felt like was a sort of a universal enough holiday that it was worth discussing and also i just found the parallels so fascinating and i also made a list because that's what i do because i was getting frustrated that i was like wait if we have this day off because okay so i went to run errands today because i'm a hero and uh one of the places i had to go was fedex because i needed to print something and it was closed until noon. And I was like, well, it's 930 and I want you to be open. And so I could just sit in my car or I could handle other things. And I was like, this is bullshit. And then I, I looked at there. I went to a different FedEx. I'm like, this one will be open. And I was like, nope, they're corporate. They're all following the same rules. It's opening on at noon today and it's closed tomorrow. And I was so annoyed. I was like, I got to change my day around the fact that this business isn't open. And I was like, wow, Kate, or you could be grateful for something like Labor Day and think, you know what? Those employees deserve a day off because they do. And that's the whole point. And then I was like, oh, I should research more about Labor Day and find out more about why it exists and why it's necessary. And so then I got hot because I was like, wait a minute, if we just expect everywhere to be open all the time, what's the point? Like you're not like more clever because your business just happens to be open. You're just kind of a shitty business. If the one flipping holiday that honors your workforce, like the one and only that is literally just to honor your workforce, you choose to stay open. Can you see the connection between this and why, I don't know, like people decided that getting back to customer service might not be for them. <laughs> 
I mean, you know who is closed? Like offices, people that are employed federally, schools, you know, there's a lot of places and they all should be closed, right? I'm not, there's no bone of contention with that. But the irony is certainly not lost on me that we are in a space, uh, this like space of expectation that everything is just always available and always open. But why are people mad? Like people don't get to be mad. We're underpaying you and, and we're just staying open because the customer demands it. I've said it a thousand times. The worst tipped experience I ever had was working on a Thanksgiving in uh, getting my ass kicked, having it be so clear that I was working super hard and getting stiff just left, right and center. And it was Thanksgiving. You would think that people would have just been so much more generous and they weren't. And the argument was, well, you know, not everybody celebrates Thanksgiving. We should be open. Fuck off. It's like restaurants being like, well, not everybody has somewhere to go on Christmas. We should stay open. Yeah, I agree with that. Okay. I get that. And sometimes for your employees, that can be a good thing. But what about Labor Day? You can argue nothing about Labor Day. And granted, I mean, imagine if literally everywhere closed. Imagine if your option was plan for nothing to be open tomorrow, including a gas station. You, it's a, it's just a blackout day. Like there, you have, you can't even walk into a building that is not your home or the home of a friend. Can you imagine? I mean, it would just be crazy if we really took Labor Day for what it's supposed to be. That means laborers, short of people who are, you know, doing a job inside of their own home, I guess. Imagine if just everything were shuttered for the day, which is what its intention was. And so I made a list of some corporate chains that are going to be closed and some ones that are going to be open tomorrow. And you do with this what you want. Tomorrow on Labor Day, what will be open is Target, Walmart, Kroger, Trader Joe's, CVS, Walgreens, ShopRite, and AMC Theaters, to name a few. So those businesses... If you really want to be supportive of laborers, which in theory, you yourself are one of, you know, keep that in mind. The closed businesses for tomorrow, closed, fully closed, nationwide, these corporate businesses are closed. Costco, banks, post offices, FedEx, UPS, and then this this said public libraries and the DMV, which like obviously that's federal. So yeah, those things are closed. So yeah, I just wanted to uh, make a note of A, where it all started and how it was, and B, that there are some, you know, there are some businesses who just say, well, the customer, the customer needs us. And I can just say that, yeah, maybe you need emergency diapers or maybe you need something quick, but I, I can probably avoid walking into any of the any of the spaces that are going to be open tomorrow. And I can tell you that if you don't want to breed a ton of resentment in your employees, which is already brewing, not only paying them a living wage and offering them health care, but also giving them the one day off <laughs> that they've earned. It's Labor Day. Because I could even argue that these places should only be open Monday through Friday. And there are some countries in the world where that's true for. And, you know... I don't know. Their people seem pretty good. Go with it. So, you know, be you. They'll adjust as I have seen on many a t-shirt. And yeah, if we, uh, if corporations were a little less greedy and took one day off the docket, that'd be a day when they're fully closed. And that's something that their employees could count on, including their management, because I can tell you management doesn't get a day off really ever. So anyway, that's the history of Labor Day. I hope you were bored. 
but also that you learned and that you know that everything you learned in real time, I also learned in real time and that the industrial revolution was both bad and good. I hope you like the genes on your body. I hope children didn't make the genes on your body. Aren't you glad that you don't work at a sweatshop if you don't? Which P.S. in Los Angeles, I'm just going to tell you, sweatshops aren't totally abolished. And I'm just going to leave this here. There are some stores that you shop at that will say, oh, Los Angeles started one in particular with a word and a number in its name and has been exposed as having some sweatshops. And uh, American Apparel, which is no longer, I don't think that they're, I'm going to say their name because I don't think they're, whatever, they were doing like pornographic billboards with children, which barf, allegedly. I saw them with my own eyes, whatever. They may, maybe everybody was over 18. Okay. They also had questionable labor conditions. So I'll just say that as much progress as we've made, we need to make more including raising the minimum wage, which was established because of the work that was done under the labor movement in the 1800s that bled into the 1900s. And I'm really grateful for all the people, the men, they were clear to say it was a lot of dudes, that marched for better opportunities. And I'm grateful for the female secretaries that worked at the Department of Labor and pushed a lot of stuff through. Because without that, life would be a lot rougher working every day, all day, forever, and all time so that someone else could make money. We do a version of that still. And that is, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But seven days a week, 12 plus hours a day. Woo. Uh, no thanks. So you wonder why people only live to be, I don't know, what they live to like 30 at these in these years. I don't know. They probably live later than that. But like people were dying off. I'll tell you what, they weren't living to 80. <laughs> and I mean, because they were here to work labor the soil till till the whatever and then die and in theory that's what we're still here to do i don't want to get into it i've sort of gotten into it <laughs> probably should move past this but i'm really grateful that labor day exists i'm glad that the people did the work in the generations before me and if you really want to go hardcore into your history you can go fly to new york city and then march on the streets whilst drinking barrels of beer, and then go back to work. If you really want to honor the day in the way that it was honored the very first time it happened. But I don't think anybody wants to do that. That's going to do it for us this week, folks. Thank you so much for listening and getting this little lesson of Labor Day. We hope you found it informative and that you're not asleep right now to the beautiful sounds of my voice. I hope you are drinking by the pool and someone screaming, about how much fun they're having, and it's drowning out the sound of my voice in the background. The only acceptable interruption that I will take is scream laughing or just generally screaming in, in fun, having fun, scream fun, fun screams in the background. So thank you folks so much for listening. If you want to help us out here, just rate and subscribe and do all of the things you already know how to do. Something's going on with Apple, uh, and people have told me that they have tried to rate it and that number isn't changing. So I don't know what to do, but I appreciate all the people that have made the effort. Thanks to our patrons on Patreon. You guys are the flipping best. And that's it. That's all I've got. Uh, enjoy your freaking Labor Day. I'm trying to say fuck less. It's not really working. But anyway, enjoy your Labor Day. I hope you are with fun people. And I hope you are marching in the streets with beers on your face if you want there to be beer on your face. 
Okay, great. Thank you so much for listening, folks. Good night. Also, shout out to New York City. Y'all are the real ones because I want to say, I would I would argue that because majority of your population was immigrant based and uh, a lot of whom were Irish immigrants, including my grandparents at the time, I wasn't alive, uh, although I look like it. No, I was not alive in the 1800s. No, a shout out to all of those immigrants for being like, oh, no, 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 no. We left this bullshit. Guess what we're not doing again? any of the shit we did before. Guess what we're establishing here? Fair labor practices. Thanks to all of the ancestors. (laughs) 